Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is the world as it is today. Well, welcome back everyone. Here we are another week later. Chud and I are sitting down for a chat on a hot afternoon. Yep, super hot. I'm really glad to not be out mowing, but I'm also bummed because I really want to get some mowing done. But uh, if we take a break now, maybe there'll be a little more shade out there when you get yeah, out no, to it. Yeah, it's just going not... to be hotter. <laughs> it's just going to be more hotter. Oh, I thought noon was like the hottest. It's not. It's like 4 No, o'clock. it's like 4 o'clock is when we usually peak. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's 1.30 now on a special date. Oh, right. Yeah, it's the 11th. It's your friend's birthday. Of July. <laughs> My friend's birthday is today, and every year I call him up and I say, hey, man, why don't you go on down to 7-Eleven and pick up a Slurpee? I gave him your, my name, and I paid for it, and they'll, they'll just uh, <laughs> they'll hook you up for free. You try and trick him to thinking that free yeah, Slurpee Yeah, it's been working day. for 40 years. <laughs> no. no, just kidding. We, we wouldn't keep in touch with no. any of your old friends. It was an old friend of mine's birthday. It still is an old friend of mine's birthday who I haven't talked to in a couple like, years. Yeah, five years or so. But yeah, 7-Eleven. So you went, you went down and uh, got yourself poison sugar. I am so flush. jacked up on Slurpee juice right now. <laughs> You're once a year, um, like <laughs> afternoon sugar drink, and uh, taking our eight-year-old down there, which he pretty much thinks it's like the best thing in the world. Yeah, this is a holiday in his in his eyes. Yeah, um, so that's great. You know, take advantage of it. Well, it's free and it's free. Why not? They make you give a phone number though. Yeah, this year they wouldn't let me get out of there. He said, no, not free. I won't do a, a racist impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, it's not free. And I was like, oh, shit. I thought I was going to have to pay. Like It said Slurpee deals. It didn't say free Slurpee day. It said Slurpee deals everywhere. Oh. So I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe it's like half price or whatever, which I think they're I didn't look at prices, but I think they're pretty cheap anyway. So yeah, it's like know. a dollar, two dollars, or something. Yeah. yeah, and these were kind of small, so we probably it probably would have been a dollar if they were half price for two of them. But uh, yeah, he said no, it's not free. I had to wait for the person in front of me to do a transaction, and um, then once we got there, yeah, all he needed to do is he, he wanted my phone number. I told him I didn't have a phone number, and he asked if I had a wife. And I said, I did. And then he asked if my wife has a phone. <laughs> and I said, yeah, fine. And then I gave a fake phone number. Because <laughs> it, and I had to hit like an, I accept like that I'll get deals or something. So I hope yeah. that was totally a fake number and not someone's that's now going to get spammed like, hey, from 7-Eleven. Hey, thanks for, I'm glad you love 7-Eleven. Here's like a hundred messages. Yeah, so. Um, anyway, that's stupid. Let's that move is, on. is stupid. 7-Eleven free Slurpee day. But you know what? It is stupid because this isn't going to come out until Wednesday and it's going to be long gone. These people listening to this are going to be thirsty. They're all just going to be bummed that they didn't hear this today and run out and get a free Slurpee. But you know what? If you got some pocket change, you could just go get a Slurpee and not have to give your identity away. So maybe that would be more worth it. That if might. you really want I, one, go. I, I did think about that on the on the drive home. If there was like some way that like I needed, like they needed to like text me and verify that it was my phone number, like right then <laughs> and there. I think I would rather just pay You're them like, to yeah, give no, them my can, info. Yeah, just ring it up. He's yeah. like, well, today they're forty dollars each. Like, <laughs> Shit! Special is, Slurpee is, deals. <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> special deals. It's the only way they can trick you into giving Seven Eleven 
your information. I heard there was some significance to the number 7-Eleven. There's some creepy background to it or there, something. There's no way there's not. Yeah, I, I have no idea anything a, more about it. So I'm not a numbers there. guy. I mean, I love listening to people talk about them, but I, I can't even open my mouth about it because... Yeah, I, I got I got a little bit of the old dyslexia, just a little touch of it, but it affects me mostly in numbers, and I say numbers backwards and stuff all the time. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'll I would fuck it up if I was trying to talk. So about you it. you told our kid that you're gonna go get Slurpees from Eleven D Seven. Eleven D Seven. That's how my dyslexia yeah. comes out. Uh, well, just a couple quick things before we get going. Um, I had uh, last Friday another fermentation for food preservation workshop online. It was super fun. I heard it kicked ass. It was, you did. That's what I heard. Oh, cool. You, you told me that. Oh, I said kicked ass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm I I'm jacked up on 7-Eleven <laughs> juice here. I'm, I'm just, try, I'm, I'm just saying I'm stuff. I don't know what I'm talking I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, kicked ass. <laughs> but uh, no, we had cool, some cool people there. Kyle from Big Dumb Podcast and his fiance. Uh, was there and Shane from uh, Inquiries of Our Reality and his um, lady was there and then uh, Mimi from Godcast, Goodness Over Darkness podcast. These are all great people. And then even better yet than all those big names (laughs) was um, uh, the fans of Deborah Gets Red Pill wearing shirts and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, there was even somebody wearing uh, the... uh, Meriwether Lewis didn't kill himself shirt that I designed for you, Adam. Yeah, you told yeah. me that. That made me feel good both because that's your design and that's like my favorite shirt. And oh, I should mention we had Drew from Missing the Point, which he's got three episodes out now. So he's moving quite along. That's um, great. He's coming all the way from the other side of the globe. Austra- Australia. <laughs> the other side of the globe. <laughs> yes. Um uh, yeah, so, and that's why what we did the Friday evening time, because it was Saturday, like, late morning for him. So then he was able to come. When I was doing Sunday afternoons, it was, like, the middle of a work day for him. Yeah. So that was cool. And I'm going to, I scheduled a, a couple other workshops coming up. Um, and we have our website up. And that's the really exciting part. Yeah, screenerpostures.com, right? Yes. And I've been working on that, um... I don't want to say an unhealthy obsession, but like in my dreams, I'm like, I'm like picturing, I'm like problem solving it in like blocks and texts and images because of this like thing that I'm learning for the first time. Mm-hmm. Cause like with anything, I just decided I was going to do it and I didn't look into it at all. And I just started doing it. And then I learned as I went And now it actually looks pretty good. It looks pretty pro. Like you can click on stuff and it takes you real places. And I, I've, all I've done is looked at it and well, you know, I've read, like read over every word on it and whatnot, but, um, just looking at it, I didn't work. What I mean to say is I have only looked at it. I didn't work on it at all. And when I look at it, I'm, I'm really impressed. It looks, looks like something legit. Yeah, I bet I could have paid someone a lot of money to do this, and then it would also wouldn't have been to my liking because I'm particular with aesthetics in a weird way, Mm -hmm. like that other people wouldn't agree with probably. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with it, and I would love feedback if anybody has any, or if you have, um, if you are interested in what we're doing, like everything's here. So greenerpostures.com, and you've got like the little menu on the top right. We've got a page for the podcast, and we've got a page for my YouTube channel. We've got a page for merch. Uh, I started a blog. And, that and, I, and like the podcast 
channel like you can listen to this podcast on the website yeah i have it set up so you can actually there's a podcast player on the website if you wanted to do that or you can see our last few episodes and it's also got like our instagram feed in there so it's got all the graphics that i make for each episode and then it also has the feed the beauty um link Mm -hmm. and if you scroll to the very bottom it has the rss feeds for each of those so you can copy and paste those into your preferred podcast player yeah um, so then people don't need to use the janky Podbean website that comes with, you know, mm-hmm. hosting there. Um, and then I've also got a nice workshops page that tells you about what workshops are going on. And what I wanted to mention today is that I've scheduled a few more and they're on the workshop schedule page here. Uh, getting started with fermented condiments is going to be next. And that's Sunday, July 24th and, at two o'clock. And you haven't done that one online yet, right? No, I've only done this one in person. So that's one that anybody who's been really digging these uh, should totally check that out. Yeah, especially people who've already done the fermentation for food preservation workshop. You already have the foundation that you need to understand what's happening, especially if you've actually done ferment, which most of you have done fermentation after the mm-hmm. workshop. Well, uh, well, the, what I can tell people they're going to love yeah. is like, like I bet everyone listening either has or knows someone who's made homemade ketchup, you know, or, or it, there's a good chance of that. And you know, then you thereby know that it's got what a two day shelf life. Yeah. It's, it's like it's super not, short. Like you it might be really, really, really fast. Yeah. You can be really impressed by it and be like, Oh, I should do this all the time. But it's like, you better use it that night. Yeah, Yeah. because you don't ever use a whole jar of ketchup. You use a couple squirts of it and you want it on hand whenever you want it. Mm -hmm. By fermenting it, you extend it an incredible amount of time. Now, with some things, you can last years. With ketchup, it still will eventually get moldy. Mm -hmm. I think it's because there's so much sugar in the tomato. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm not positive. But I do know that when I've made it before, I've made it last a month. And that's enough to make a little half pint, which is like, you know, an eight ounce size or something. Do that once a month. Yeah, especially when you have an eight year old yeah. who wants ketchup on everything. Yeah. And you got to get the Except spy brats. Out. I will beat him hard if he puts it on brats. <laughs> that's I'm, where he's like, <laughs> he's, dis, he's disowned. Like he can go stay with the neighbors if he tries to put ketchup on bratwurst. That's, I literally draw the line. Like when we had the sausage cart at that market thing. yeah i told so many people that i was like yeah you can you can take one on of there. those ketchup packets but uh we're gonna be judging you so <laughs> there's that that's disgusting i didn't say anything about judging them i told them they're not allowed <laughs> i would say sauerkraut and mustard and you can use pretty much any kind of mustard and i wouldn't be mad and chopped onions would be fine too that'd be mm-hmm. acceptable oh yeah but when you get into ketchup barbecue sauces that's not the flavors don't it's not, it's not a tomato situation here. Okay? Like really, if you want my respect when it comes to at least my bratwurst, I don't know. There's other bratwurst out there that I'm probably not so opinionated about, but if you have anything other than kraut and mustard on it, then, then you're, you've lost my, my sausage respect, <laughs> you know, so, like sausage respect. No, it's not quite true, but you know, it doesn't, I don't want it with relish. I don't want it with onions. I like I, the chopped like, onion on it a little I, bit. It's all right. I won't divorce you. <laughs> Caramelized onions are okay too. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that and I will look the other way whenever you're doing it. I I won't, I won't draw attention to it from now on. I mean, just for, for me personally, like really not to be so hard about it. Like for real, like the kraut and the stirred is just all (laughs) all we need. So we, uh, the fermented condiments workshop has 
which is my favorite and the star of the show is fermented mustard. Yeah. Because it was so revolutionary to me to make my own mustard for the first time. And like to learn about mustard seeds are, it's pretty magical. Like things like how spicy your mustard in can, can is, can be affected by if you add hot, warm or cold water to the mustard seeds when yeah. you're soaking them, Crazy. it like makes them like unleash their oils differently or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's cool. And then also fermenting it. It's like, this stuff is like never going to mold. We probably should, didn't even need to put it in the fridge. Um, like uh, mustard seeds in and of itself are like antimicrobial. It's like medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are the foods that used to be fermented, probiotic rich, adding nutrients to our meals, like they've been taken away from us and turned into corn syrup slurries. Corn, corn syrup and food coloring. GMO with, corn syrup. flour to yes. consistency yeah. or whatever. Corn and starch or making something. Making it like not even food. And, and it's like, you can take, you can add a little sauce, a little bit of flavor to something and add nutrients and probiotics mm-hmm. and minerals and depth of flavor. Or you can add, corn syrup slurry from the store and make your food poison. Well, it's like, uh, like I just brought up the other day. Uh, I'm sure this won't be a part of this online course, but, um, uh, we should look into a one steak sauce. Oh yeah. Like yeah. making some of that, that steak sauce. I, I looked at the ingredients on a bottle of not a one, but a, a knockoff. And it was like, what horse shit ingredients. Some of them were interesting. Cause there was things like raisins. Yeah. Uh, there were some, you know, things that you just didn't expect on a condiment. Um, but what was the top, you know, high fructose corn syrup. And, um, there were, I can't remember what else besides preservatives. There were a couple ingredients that were just like, Oh yeah, this is just garbage. And for me, I think of that. The first, the things that come to mind are like tamarind dates, mm-hmm. like, uh, garlic, tomato paste. I'm not sure where I would go with that, but I would look up like four or five different recipes of people saying they make like an A1 type steak sauce and, and then start messing with it. There wasn't in the one I looked at, but it seems like A1 anyway has Worcestershire in it. Yeah, Worcestershire, but or it has the components of Worcestershire. Yeah. Because it would, would be have like key. anchovies or something like that. Right. Which I would, some kind of fish yeah, in there. And I would probably just use fish sauce because I already have fermented fish sauce and right, it's really right. good. Yeah, but um, the fermented condiments workshop is going to be good. It's going to be fun. We're going to do mustard, ketchup, relish, like a dill pickle relish, and we're going to do salsa, and I think I'm going to cover applesauce as well. Um, And then that should just get you started with this concept and then understanding that so that you could turn any sauce that you like in your house, like chutney or chimichurri sauce or anything you can think of could then say, Hey, could I ferment that and make it last longer? And that's, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So again, that's Sunday, July 24th at 2 PM Pacific time on zoom. And, uh, the next one after that's going to be getting started with fermented beverages online. That is, uh, on August 12th at 2 PM. That's also, Oh, that's a, sorry. I found a typo in my website. This is a Friday, August 12th at 5 PM. So I'll change that time there. Um, that is uh, the same one I already did before. So whoever missed that, you want to look, talk about kombucha, kvass, tapache, um, herbal root beer, ginger beer, and ginger bugs. That is a good workshop. Um, if you're in the telegram group and you didn't take that class, there's probably some of you that are like just overwhelmed with the amount of pictures of people making sodas because <laughs> the people who took that class are going balls deep crazy Dude, in this. That like... is so awesome. I'm, I'm of course I'm not in the telegram, uh, you know, cause I didn't pay. So yeah. you didn't give me a link. I did not. But, yeah. <laughs> cause I'm not on telegram. Uh, but, um, 
that's so awesome to hear. Like, um, because I don't know. I think that, uh, that the fermented beverages is like a game changer for, for anybody, but especially people who are, who are, uh, sober, who are, who are, uh, booze free. Um, and you want something different, but yeah, everybody, you know, even kids, if you got kids and you start making these sodas, it's uh-huh. like, this is so much better. You can, you can quit buying the Coca-Cola. I know. And you know, what's amazing is like when we have one of these the Slurpees, sodas, you can quit yeah. buying Slurpees all <laughs> just, the time. It's just once a year, all the time. It's constant. Um, the, the beverages, when we make them, we use 16 ounce swings, 16 ounce swing top bottles. Uh-huh. And we almost never finish a bottle when we like crack it. We'll all pour each other a little bit and then we'll have some sips. Mm-hmm. We almost never kill a bottle in one sitting sometimes between the three of us. Cause the baby's not getting this stuff yet. He's had the, when we taste. have four drinking it, we, we'll be able to drink 16 ounces, but the kid never asks for more or an unreasonable amount. But if we had soda in the house, it would be like this nonstop battle of him not being able to forget that it was there and needing to drink it until it was gone. That was like what an hour ago that I took him for the free Slurpee. And yeah. How many different plans has he devised already for, <laughs> for how to get back to, there to get another and like free Slurpee? Get a, we can give him a different number. We can change our clothes. Oh, yeah. it, it said one per person, and I'm a kid, and that might not count as a person. <laughs> I was on, like, on the, I hope you count home, as a person. He was asking how many costumes we had, <laughs> and if we could come, if we could purchase like he didn't say burner phones, but if we could get, <laughs> if we could get more more phones, and uh, yeah, get. We got like twelve costumes, twelve burner phones, and uh, oh, and, and and he said we would need different cars too because <laughs> they'll recognize our car. This is like this back. is like a junkie thing. It's like the one hit a crack, and then you're like just ruining your life. You're you're selling all your things. You know, you're leaving your family. He was only a quarter of a way through the Slurpees. This, 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 <laughs> was, just... this, this was coming out of him. And so when uh, when he has strawberry kvass or ginger beer or. Um, uh, tapache or, uh, even kombucha, which has a little bit of caffeine. Um, he never, he never starts jonesing for it. Like, so, so is it, is it because he doesn't like it? Do you think? Uh, I don't think that. I don't think so because he, Oh mom, this is the best soda I've ever had. Oh, it's so good. He loves it, but it actually satisfies him. I think we're seeing, you know, you said the junkie aspect, like with the, with the, uh, seven 11, um, what do you call it? Slurpee. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's really, really something to that that is demonstrated when you watch kids drink something like Kvass because that actually satisfies them. It satisfies them and they go, thank you. And they move along in their day. But there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's, there's crack cocaine in the, in the Slurpee. No, but there's sugar in that. That's a lot alike. It is, it is like, um, it doesn't satisfy at all. It simply sends the, the. Not everyone, because that didn't happen to me. I am done with Slurpees for at least a year. I could go a couple this time. Hmm. Um, uh, but it's, you know, in kids, it's like it turns it around. It's the same thing. You know, like I don't think that they're putting anything, quote unquote, addictive in McDonald's food. Uh-huh. But uh, I think that everyone that's eating McDonald's is dissatisfied when they're done, like even if they're too full when they're done, yeah. 20 minutes later, you maybe that's something. short. Like, an, like not, not four hours later. No, like an hour later, an hour or two later, you need to put something in your stomach again. 
Well, so there's a couple aspects of that, which I've understood people explain, which is that because they're, the, the food you're eating is lacking in nutrients, but high in calories, your body's like waiting for that nutrient load. And when it doesn't get it, it starts to send those signals that mm. like, Hey, maybe I need something else. Mm -hmm. And then two, um, the food is so high in carbohydrates and sugar and corn syrup that it spikes your insulin sure. and the insulin response then leaves you feeling hungry because you don't burn the food that you ate. Your food right. that you ate is turned into glycogen and stored as fat. Yeah, yeah. So because of the high insulin response of the food, it makes you feel hungry. Like if you eat a low carbohydrate, real food diet, you don't feel hungry very often. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like people don't tend to get hungry again after eating a steak. Yeah. Like a real deal right? steak. Mm -hmm. Like you, that, that satisfies you. Um, and in the, in the case of this kvass versus the soda pop or, or slurpy pop or whatever, <laughs> um, the poppycock, uh, <laughs> it's, it's all poppycock, um, just <laughs> roosters and flowers, roosters and flowers. It's all poppycock. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, but I think this is like, just like a micro, uh, spot where we can sort of see that happen with a substance like soda pop of that. The soda pop makes them want more soda pop. The kvass makes them satisfied and smile and say thank you. And then, and it's still, yeah, it's this treat and you love it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, more of that, less of the other. But, yeah. um, and then just lastly, there's another getting started with fermentation for food preservation, which is pretty much like the beginner's workshop for anything fermenting. It's the same one you just did, right? Yep, it's the one I just did. It's It'll be the fourth time I've done it. Mm -hmm. Full classes every time. It's been great. So that'll be Sunday, you, August 21st at, 1st at 2 p.m. Do you think you'll keep doing that one? Or do you think that maybe at some point that would be one that, you know, like, I don't know. I want to say like make it public or whatever. Well, as long. So I, I, I kind of have this conflict of like the reason I'm doing these on zoom is because I think the engagement people have with me directly yes. changes the motivation that they have after the course. Yeah. It's like, totally different to go through that conversation with you. Yeah. Conversation. And then to, to leave the door open and have that telegram channel and where you can not only touch base with me, but with other people who've done the same workshop and right. like, it's not accountability necessarily but no. like, but, it, but it's inspiration or whatever, um, to go and actually do it because I can't teach you actually how to ferment. I can just teach you, I can show you what I know already. And then learning happens when you do in your kitchen. Yeah. So by having you come together and ask questions and be with other people and like all have a conversation and see me do it. I think that's different than even if you just, even if I took that recording and then sold it to people, I don't think they, they would have the same benefit from it just watching the playback as yeah. they do being there. So I, I think I, I get that as 100%. long as there's interest in this online workshop fermentation for food preservation, I honestly, I think that's the most important one. I'll just keep doing it. Maybe it's one that, um, I don't know if it, if it keeps being successful, it keeps being successful. So don't fix what ain't broke, but I'm just trying to think ahead. Like it seems like at some point, everyone who's interested in this will have, I know there's only it. so many people in the like, weird like either something community where, that I want to advertise there's not a to. Date, like people sign up and there's like a, uh, you know, five participant minimum or make it, uh, like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Yeah. So know, um, I am working on another page on the website. That'll be eventually one-on-one -on -one uh -huh. so that I, and I, I don't know how to price this. I think I'm just going to do it on a sliding scale based on a conversation that the individual has with me. But if you want one-on-one -on -one kitchen support because you're trying to learn 
how to do things in the kitchen. And that could be really simple stuff by like how to break down a chicken or how to like, what do you do with these vegetables that you brought home from the store? Mm -hmm. You know, like all the way to like more advanced stuff. Um, We could, I would, I'm gladly do one-on-one Zoom uh, calls with people and figure that out. And then I'm also going to do an intuitive cooking or intuitive kitchen skills uh, series. Like this is the exploring fermentation series. I'm going to do this intuitive kitchen skills one. I'm going to, we're going to do, um, is that where bone broth would come in and stuff? Bone broth. I'm going to put my sourdough, uh, class in there. I'm going to do other stuff, um, that I haven't even put, put a name on yet. So are you also going to do like psychic readings on vegetables? I am going to look at that chicken and, and I intuitively know that chicken wants me to turn it into a roast chicken the first day fried rice the second day, bone broth and chicken soup the third day, and then some of the bone broth goes into the freezer. Uh Isn't that, I mean, look at what I just did there. That chicken wanted that. Uh Uh (laughs) So I'll just leave you at that. Like that's more than enough information about the workshops, but check out the website. I hope you think it's pretty and uh, easy to navigate and any, any feedback would be welcomed as well. I hope everyone likes the uh, bunny shaped sourdough loaf that's featured around on that because that was one of the best loaves of bread i've ever eaten it was beautiful that is my goal when i do sourdough is to cut it open and and see the shape of a like a silhouette i know it's it's funny i was talking to your mom um and you give her a loaf of bread what every other week every week whenever 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 she wants one and uh oh yeah you weren't home and she came by and she and there were two loaves there one had been cut in half and one was, and maybe a slice or two was missing from it. And the other one was whole. And, uh, she said, well, I'll just take the, the one that's already been cut. And I was like, no, 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 take the, take the whole one. I'm sure that's what she, what you had intended for. And she was like, well, okay. But you know, you just tell her, I, I promise I'll send the picture because I know <laughs> how much she cares about me showing her the inside of the bread. <laughs> And then she kept insisting, well, I could just take the one that she's already seen. Then she doesn't have to look at it in a picture. Oh, that's funny. That's so funny. Yes, I asked her to send me a picture of the inside of the cut loaf every time. Because otherwise, I don't get that crumb shot. The crumb shot. <laughs> so that's what I've taken to call it. Crumb shot. Is that... I want to see. That's what they call it. The crumb is the inside, you know, the the holes and the size of the holes inside your Are brain. they like better when they're on a person's face? <laughs> I just put that the, loaf. The facial them. crumb shot. <laughs> I mean, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's what you heard. I think no. I heard that. So my intuitive chicken reading kind of leads us into what I really wanted to talk about today. Oh, yeah, because I've been uh, doing some some chicken psychic reading. Yeah. And we have 21 chickens yeah. that all are telling me that they don't want to live anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, really sad. Okay, so we have, as you may know, we have um, our you know mature flock of laying hens. Many, much of which are either either two, one or two years old, and we get what twenty eggs a day, say yeah, right now, yeah, that's pretty, uh, roughly pretty pretty between average. eighteen to twenty four eggs a day. Yeah, twenty four is not uncommon, but it's not daily. That's yeah, for sure. about about twenty uh, twenty is uh, what I've been seeing. So anyway, we got those guys, and then we hatched some of their eggs in the incubator about um, eight weeks ago, and they are um, fully feathered now can't quite tell because of the breed i can't quite tell who's roosters and who's not yet i don't i've quit trying to guess yeah you can't until I, they start walking around and i always stuff. think i have it nailed yeah. every time i think i have it nailed and i'm always wrong 
in yeah. both directions. I remember we thought all our roosters were killed last time. And then um, we had like two and I was like, those are big ass hens. And then I was like. <laughs> well, they're really big ass hens with like long wispy tails. And, and they make a like a cockadoodle doo like, sound. It was, it was snowy and I hadn't looked out uh, looked at them really in a while. Because, you know, I'm inside with the baby and stuff. And then I saw them again and I was like, oh, never mind. We have two roosters. Okay. So anyway, so we have two roosters and what, 20, 25 laying hens. Oh, on the, uh, the full size the, ones. The mature ones. Then we have yeah. 19 birds that are unknown genders. Mm-hmm. And then we have 21 meat birds that are seven weeks old today. Uh, when this episode is released on Wednesday, it'll be the full moon. And that will be the day that we are processing our chickens. Mm-hmm. And they will be, yeah, seven weeks and three days, two mm-hmm. days, whatever. So I kind of wanted to talk about chicken processing um, from the angle of, you know, healthy families and raising kids in this kind of environment. And where, you know, where do you, a lot of people are like, oh, you can't expose kids to death until they're older um, of any sort. Uh, I grew up with my dad hunting and fishing and I was around that fishing and, you know, grouse hunting all the time well i think uh, we should lie and say that the chickens are just going out to the farm (laughs) we're taking them to the farm son (laughs) the chickens are on the farm i think (laughs) like and we don't i'm I'm just making a dumb joke because isn't that the classic like if you're gonna put the dog down you say you're gonna take it to live on a farm that that it's gonna go live on a farm yeah so these (laughs) these chickens are all gonna go live on a farm now (laughs) They're like, but dad, and he's looking around at the big yeah, red yeah, barn yeah. in the tractor. Listen to my words. I said, they're going to go live on a farm. That's our farm in the freezer after we slaughter them <laughs> one at a time. Take all their feathers out and their guts. So, God, okay. just let me finish. <laughs> so, so like, okay, so I want to, like, there's this uh, picture of me. I should find it actually. Maybe. Oh, if- I know which one the deer i'm sitting on a deer holding the horns like i'm riding it but it's laying down and it's dead and do it's, we have that or do you folks i think it's in one of the big um, photo albums we have if i have that i'll take that picture and um that i could post that uh, as our whatever yeah, yeah. graphic for this episode um so and hopefully everyone enjoyed your close-up of your tattoo <laughs> in the graphic <laughs> so i made for stupid. the last episode it's as stupid as beavis and butthead are <laughs> so um i grew up understanding that that's where food came from and having this great respect for like animals and that sacrifice that they give to make meat for us. Mm -hmm. And in this really weird, like non-denominational way, like my dad is a real rough around the edges guy, but he would, he would be emotional when he would take the life of an animal. Like it was a big deal to him. That's good. And I saw that and it was a big deal to me too. And, you know, I went through different parts of my life having different feelings about that, but always understanding where it came from and being like accepting of it. Um, I also could tell the difference between how, when animals were being cared for well and when they were not. Mm -hmm. So when we were in our last home and living next door to my parents and we had all those pigs, um, slaughter day came on a day that you had to work and the mobile slaughter truck came and backed in between my parents' house and our house, mm-hmm. backed up to the fenced in, um, area where the, the hogs were. And I thought, what am I going to do with the little guy? So mm. our, our eight year old was 
less than two. He was probably the same age as our, our baby. He's like 20 months. He's like just, just around two somewhere. Yeah. That sounds about right. walking, but not really verbal, not having, you know, like a couple of words you, you could tell he, you knew what he wanted, but he wasn't talking yet. Right. Yeah. So, um, they backed up there and the baby was, you know, he was inside or, or taking a nap or maybe he was still sleeping. Cause it was, it, he was still sleeping cause it was really early morning. And I stood out on the porch and I said a prayer and I watched the guy from the slaughter unit come out with, um, a rifle. And he was just, it was like, a, it was like watching a lion stalk prey. He just walked back and forth like super calmly with this pig until he could get this perfect shot right in the, in the, you know, just above in between the eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he dropped that pig and I like, I was overcome with emotion. Like I, I cried. I remember I told you that and you're like, you did. <laughs> I was like, shut up. You're, you're a fag. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was emotional. And it was like, it wasn't like we, I loved those pigs like my dog or something, but we spent time taking care of them and I chased them back into the freaking pen and countless amounts of yeah. times. And like, there was just like all this work and thought and energy that went into raising that animal and then, you know, saying goodbye in that moment. And I realized, you know, and of course our obsession with horror movies and, and, uh, uh stories of like serial killers and stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to raise an Ed Gein is what I kept thinking right. where his whole story of the folklore or whatever around Ed Gein goes is that he witnessed his mom slaughtering a pig, a hog. So, uh, right. Yeah. If you, if, if I remember correctly and if the story is correct, mm-hmm. as I question on everything now, um, I'm remembering correct what I, what I knew, uh, which is that, um, they hid that from him until he was like, I want to say six. Mm-hmm. He was pretty darn young for, for what comes last of this story. But he, they, they hid it. They had a, a, a like a slaughter shed. Yeah. And he knew that something happened in there that he wasn't allowed to see. And he, when he was six, opened the door when he wasn't supposed to see it. And he saw his mother in there slaughtering a pig. At which point it is said that he had an orgasm in his pants. Yeah. That he became aroused. And then that was start the start of his whole deviancy, which we don't even know if who fucking knows yeah. if that story is true. How I mean, does anybody fucking know? Does he tell the story when he's an old man in a mental institution? I don't fucking know. I don't either. And also because the uh, evidence that was in that home was burned before it was ever went through. Yeah, they for the burned, most part. They, they went through it, but they enough didn't comb to see, through it. Yeah, they like, saw what was there. There's a list of things that were skin seen. Skin lampshades and handbags made out of breasts and yeah. a b- bones and stuff from the cemetery. But all of that, all of that. I mean, it's just a list of things written down. And by it some could officers. just be another situation where that was just a, a house of evil that all the bad people funneled their shit through and to cover it up, which is what more and more what I start to think serial well, killers didn't even actually do that. are. They just, they just said that there were all these bodies that were, that must be attributed to it. Everybody yeah. burned down the house. It was just a hoarder's house. It was just full of shit. Yeah. Cause that was part of the story too, is that they went in and they didn't see anything other than garbage and, and a hoarded ass house at the time, you know, this was in the fifties. Um, he was, he'd been living there, uh, with his, his mom and and dad dead for a long time. So he was just this kind of, you know, lame brain that just didn't clean up after himself for like a decade or whatever. 
And that's what they thought they were seeing. And it wasn't until they paid closer and closer attention that they started finding all of these body parts. Yeah. And, and, and he was a grave robber and his, his, um, he went and he collected his mother back after she passed away. And I think that's what Norman Bates character from psycho is yep. based on. Right. Yep. He's based on it. You know, Leatherface and Texas States on massacre is based on it. Like anytime there's, um, someone wearing another person's skin or, uh, it's be- or a tight connection between their mother and their, yeah, killer, that's all, that's Ed, all, all going to be based in the lore of, of Ed Gein. So really with all of that said, the goal is to not have your kids be like Ed Gein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the point there, uh, yeah, we got, we got a little off there. Um, he, the part of that story, whether or not it's true is, um, that he, it was hidden from him until yeah. he saw it, at which point he became sexually aroused by it. Now, would he have been sexually aroused if he was just always around that? You know, uh, uh, probably not. If, if we're going by the, because I know the part of the story too, is his mom was really mean and she beat him. And it's like, there was more, you know, he wasn't a well kid in a healthy family Yeah. to start. And then, yeah hiding that that from them and then letting them sneak to see that that is the horrible cuz then they can't understand it and you're if you're 6 you can have a conversation about it you're young but there's like a couple of years of you talking now you know like well we've been talking with our older son since that time at least yeah uh there I don't remember a time where I've ever not told him where that chicken comes from chickens and beef comes from cows and pork comes from pigs. Yes. I don't think I've ever told him that has never been hidden. I, I've yeah, I've never not told him that. It's not know. like you shake him awake in the middle of the night and tell well, him occasionally <laughs> that pepperoni has pork in it and that pork is a pig. <laughs> what? No. But like we didn't when, have pepperoni, when, Dad. When, <laughs> yeah, I know. We had pizza like six months ago. Just thought I'd tell you right now. When Why he, are you wearing a hockey mask and holding a, a toy chainsaw? <laughs> so he, he, he's basically like always known because when things come up in conversation, we're just honest with him, you yeah, know? And yeah. then that's how you learn. So when we're preparing to slaughter this time, well, so back up, back to the pig situation when I saw, and I was, I was felt emotional. And then I knew that was just the first one of the six pigs or whatever that was, were going to be right. taken that day. And I was like, I can't stay here with him. Cause he's going to start to hear that this repetitive sound and like want to go look, or he likes looking at the animals out the window anyway. Mm-hmm. So I put him in the car and we went, I think to the grocery store in the park or something, which until- I, I think is appropriate. And then when we came back, the pigs were gone and I told him they went to the butcher to be meat and we, we would, you know, pray for them and stuff and say thank you. But, uh, he couldn't talk, he couldn't have that conversation. It was just me talking at him, but there, there it was somewhere. Right. And so as he got older, he understood these things, um, because we just talked about them as they came up. And so when we slaughtered um, chickens the last time, which I don't think was last year. I think it was 20. Yeah, I was pregnant. I was, it was 2020. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't take any last year. So we had too many roosters. We did like four of our roosters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew we were going to do that. Our older son, uh, the younger one was in my belly. Mm-hmm. Um, he was aware of it. Um, he had some mixed feelings about being a little bit too excited about it because he did not like one of the roosters cause it had attacked him several times. So there was a, like a little conversation of like being vengeful and how that's not healthy. And like, is that the one we called neighbor? Yeah. We call it neighbors because yeah. it, it came from the neighbor's house and just started living with us. Yeah. And it was mean. It never 
it came oh, over, it bossed around all our roosters, and it tried bossing me around. Yeah, even. it was yeah. it was rude. It was, it was the only rude uh, rooster, really rude rooster we've ever had. If if that had been our rooster from the get go, I don't think we would have let him get to full size. It would have just been like, no, nah, this guy's bad news. Yeah, and I but honestly, I think if he would have been our rooster, he wouldn't be like that. No, that's a good point. Yeah. So, because he came from a broken home. Yeah. It was just him and two hens and then one, or no, it was two roosters and one hen. One rooster uh-huh. was processed and it was just the two and then his hen died and then he was just by himself for a while over there. So, I think he just didn't acclimate well to yeah. becoming and, part of a flock. Well, then he came over to our flock where there was already one or two roosters. No, we had too many, right? That's why we're slaughtering and we had like four or five. It was it four or five at the time? Yeah. yeah. And... He wanted to dominate the flock. Yeah. So he just like over exerted himself. Like he's not from this flock and he wanted to, to take over. So the he was flock. just trying to beat up all the other roosters. And was that the yeah. time where Blender got left outside for like a week? When we lost, we literally lost Blender. He, that was one of our roosters, our, our first rooster, our son named Blender. I don't <laughs> know what his thought process was there. but Remember because I named a, a, a chicken Belinda? Yeah. Belinda. I, I think I might have had it wrong I don't, I don't remember, but it, it was supposed to be named after the chicken that talked to Dorothy in the return to Oz. Oh yeah. And, um, I, th- I think I later realized that was the wrong name, but still in my mind, that chicken's name was Blinda, Belinda. And he kind of like misinterpreted that and thought it was Blender. Okay. So then he just and named he was the like, next cool. Thing. Well, this rooster is Blender then. <laughs> and then it's funny cause Belinda turned out to be a rooster. Yeah. So we had Belinda, Belinda and Blender as roosters that looked pretty similar. But yeah, he got left, he got kicked out of the flock because he got beat up by that new rooster. And then our dog attacked him. And then he like lived in the woods for a while. And when we saw him again, he was all scrawny and like wet. He's never the same again. Sad. But yeah, we, we, he still survived. We ended up, he was one of the ones we processed yeah. that day. So anyway, our eight year old is a little too excited about it in that way. But I think it's just his way of like coming to terms with like it being an okay thing. Um, But when it came down to it, we asked him if he wanted to be a part of it. And so this was two years ago. He would have been, he would have been seven by then, or would he have still been six? He would have been six, not quite seven. Pretty pretty hot out. So he would have been six. Yeah. He would have been almost, almost seven. So he, he was like, not, he did not want to be a part of the actual act and cleaning. Um, but it seemed more like because he realized he could go to his grandma's house and eat candy. So I really felt like he was like, no, it's too gross. And he kept not that it was scary or bad, just that it was gross. Mm -hmm. And he, he's not a grossed out kid, but he is a kid who might tell you he doesn't want to do something because it's gross because there's candy somewhere as we established with the Slurpee story. Yes. So, um, he was not a part of the actual act, although he did walk by at some point and, you know, saw what we were doing and just said it was gross. Mm -hmm. Um, but we had conversations about what we did and how it worked. And he helped me break down one of the birds in the kitchen afterward. And he was really into that. I think I have a picture of him. Like he was like, you know, um, pork sectioning out, out this bird, which I tried to roast and it was not <laughs> good. Cause it's an old, it was like an old rooster and I didn't know what I was doing yet, but, uh, it was no big deal. Cause after it was roasted, I just threw it all into the instant pot and like made the best bone broth I've ever made. But, um, he, he was into it then of like understanding the different parts of the chicken and that we were making meat and he really wanted to try it. So that I all felt really good. Now this time he's eight, almost nine. Well, he's almost nine. 
he's, he wants to be part of it. He says he wants to help. Now, if you have kids, you probably know that the attention span of that, them saying they want to help can really vary. Like they can be really interested in it. But then when it comes down to like the mundane aspects of setting up, he might totally lose interest and we might, he might not come back to it. Right. I'm not sure, but I'm, you just got to go with whatever happens on that type of level. I am totally welcoming him. And we've got a young daughter coming by. How old is like 16, 17, 15, 15. Mm-hmm. And she's, she'll, she'll be there to, to entertain him. If yeah, she's going to help take care of the baby because the, I don't want the baby to witness mm-hmm. because he's not old. I'm calling him the baby. He's a toddler. Mm-hmm. He is toddling around and eating all and the berries. Nothing like that movie, the baby. No. Oh God. Don't bring that up. That's horrifying. Don't, don't look that up. Don't yeah. look, don't look up that 70s exploitation film called The Baby. Yeah, it's really disturbing. Don't watch that on Shutter with Joe Bob commentary. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, or if you do, uh, tell us you do. Yeah, please we'll tell us. Because cool. uh, I want to talk to people <laughs> who've seen that movie. So anyway, he he's he's 20 months now. He's to the point where I feel silly saying months. He's almost, he'll be two in the fall. And he is very bright and can understand stuff but he's not having a conversation with me yet. So I'm not, and he loves the chickens. I'm just not, I I don't think that that's the appropriate time for kids to learn about it. I'll be honest. I would have absolutely no problem with it. I don't want him there. Not because I don't want him to see it, but because I can't have him in the way it's, it's, um, uh, this is going to take some, some focus and concentration. And, uh, if, if I'm worried about, uh, turning around and bumping my knee into, um, to a rug rat, to a, to a grass rat as it would be outside um, that, you know, that's just like not or to leaving the knife in a place where he's grabbing, like he's just hands hot. on everything. He's climbing on things. We're going to have a hot pot. We're going to, yeah, have... we're going to have the scalder going yeah, like, it's, like yeah. there's, there's just, I, I don't want him there for an abundance of reasons. Uh, the least of which is that I, I don't want him to see it. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that that's honestly, I think it's fine. Um, I think that, uh, especially if it's not just something he sees once and is forgotten about forever. You know, this is a process that, um, I I hope that he'll be seen for the rest of his life. Right. And, uh, I'd rather have him, um, you know, when he, when he's a little more, I want to say conscious, but you know how I feel about that. It's just that that he's able to communicate. Yeah. When he's more, when he's more aware of certain aspects of life, uh, that it's just like, yeah, that's what we do when, when we get our chicken. Yeah. That's how we get our That's meat. how we get our chicken. You know, not learning that per se as he gets older, but just like articulating it. Yeah. Because it's something he's seen his whole life. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, I, I'm not opposed to him not seeing it. Like, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to have an argument on a podcast with you. <laughs> or is this, uh, are we going to have our first argument you know, here while we're right recording? Here, right now. First one. Our okay. first argument. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, eleven years of marriage, and now, now is the first argument. Is this? Are we fighting? Is this? Oh, well, this is. <laughs> I'm gonna start throwing shit. Can you go get my wrenches? Um, <laughs> now, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I, I think it's best that he not be there. So therefore, he won't see it. So therefore, you know, like that works out. Um, I, I think equally to that, it's fine with me if he does see it. I don't think we should force him to see it. If there no. was any part of him that was like, you, you know, if yeah. he expressed not being interested, I would say, please, 
That's why exactly why when our, when our older one was six, when we were doing it last time, it was totally optional for exactly. him to be there exactly. or go. Exactly. Like we made that plan. And then the same thing this time, he says he wants to be a part of it, but we're going to have my mom here early morning. And then we're going to have this babysitter situation of this 15 year old that will be here to help with the baby. And so he has other people to go hang out with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever specifically talked to you about this. Maybe I have, but you want to know the policy when I was a kid? Oh yeah. Cause we slaughtered a lot of animals uh, right here when I was a kid. Um, it was, it was always a mobile slaughter mm-hmm. and it, um, I wasn't allowed to be a part of it. Okay. Now that said, I wasn't al- not allowed to see it, mm-hmm. but boy, I better keep my distance. Like, you know, I, like I said, I can't, I can't have a, a, a toddler behind me when I'm moving around. If my grandpa had seen me in the vicinity of it, it would have been a, you know, firm finger point and shaking of the head. He yeah. wouldn't even yell. It would be well, cause you're so, so hurt. stern, like get out of here because they're firing guns and they're, and you know, like my, my grandfather before I was born was badly injured uh, when stringing up a cow because it uh, a line broke and it fell and landed on him, knocked him over and crushed his knee. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, men's work. It's dangerous not kids men's work. work. Yeah. So that said, we often watched, mm-hmm. but we were, you know, 50 yards, 100 yards away. Um and that's the same when I was a kid as I, I didn't hunt big game with my dad, but he would come back to camp where I would be with big game. And then him um, stringing it up and gutting it and removing the hide and everything. I was a part of that. And it was just normal to me. And again, with respect to the animal. Um, so I think like as our little guy gets older, it'll just kind of always be an option once he's to the point where he can be, um, have more control over himself. So we know he's not a danger, mm-hmm. you know, processing chickens is a lot different than processing, uh, larger animals, mm-hmm. but you still have, like you said, dangerous knives out and scalding tanks and all of that. You need to be at least as, at least in this eight year old range to be there. Right. Which I would say if he, if he wants to, that's cool. He's not going to be the hands- eight-year-old. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to be hands-on with anything. I don't think, mostly because we want to be efficient and we want to keep moving. He did say he wants to try to take the guts out. Okay, so. you know, we, there, there's room for him to try things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have help coming. We should say that, and, and a big thank you to our friends Max and Aaron that are going to come yep. help us. Both of them are excited because they want to learn more. Um, and there's a big giant spider. Behind <laughs> I just saw him oh, crawl, he's on creep the around the corner. Oh, we lost him. Yeah, it's just a daddy long legs. He's a cute one, but I heard that they're poisonous and they can kill people, but they're, they're their mouths are too small. They're too weak. <laughs> I've heard they that their mouths are too small. They can't penetrate our skin. Well, he's trying so hard that's right now. That's what they said when I was a kid. I you're crushing him really, against the chair. <laughs> I really doubt that's true. So, um, yeah, it's just been something that's been on my mind, and um, we haven't really talked about, but I know I know we've been on the same page about how the kids' involvement. But I think it's important for children to know where food really comes from if we want to change the world. Yeah. If we want to, you know, take it back, like we've talked about in previous episodes. If we want to um, take more of the basic responsibilities of life back and make them personal responsibilities Mm -hmm. and not the responsibilities of an industry or the state or 
big corporations and things that we might not agree with. Mm -hmm. So our kids need to know how to process chickens and how to gut a fish and need to know where their meat comes from and their vegetables. So no different than the time I spent today with our toddler in the garden, um, cleaning up the finishing, picking the peas and cleaning those out so that I can plant some more cabbage and then, you know, off to the other berry patch for the treats so he could yeah. pick all those raspberries. Um, there's a couple more in there that aren't red yet. So we keep checking. It's getting, it's each, dwindling. Each time we're just with a couple handfuls. Well, meanwhile, and, raspberries are on the rise. Yesterday we yeah. went out and ate some thimbleberries. Oh, those were really good. Those, those crunchy little seeds. Those are, um, they're, they're super good, but it's like hard to find them. There's thimbleberry plants everywhere. And I don't know if it's like a male female thing or what, but the ones that produce berries are like far and few between. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a little treat when we when we see them. Yeah, those are really good, and I'm excited um, for the black caps in the woods, the yeah. um, black wild black raspberries. I just took a took a look in a couple places. They're not producing as much as they did last year, I mm. don't think. Okay. But it could um, be, and those had really short windows, so yes. we need to like be out there. Yep. Taking those walks like once or twice a day. I'm 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 looking at them every day, so now now. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been in the in the vicinity every day for a long time, but now uh, that I've seen the, the the flowers are dropping in the in the berry spot, the yeah. the beginning of that, the hard fruit is is there. So now it's just a matter of like keeping an eye on it on That's, that level. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we've got and like the apple trees are like loaded, some heavy branches, and the pears are doing their thing. Uh, cherry tree one of the cherry trees is super heavy oh you guys we've been eating a lot of cherries from the sweet cherry tree yeah and then i go over to the sour cherry tree today with the little guy and he like picks one by himself jams <laughs> it in his mouth and chews it all proud and like just two seconds later he's like <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh like a shutter like a sh- so like sour a, like a sprinkler yeah, it was cherry really sprinkler. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> super cute I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to spit the pit. Good job, buddy. Because <laughs> he doesn't do a very good job of that. Um, yeah. So we're going to, I want to pick as many of those cherries as I can. And so you were over there yesterday? The, to the, to the sour, sour cherries? cherries? Today. This Today, morning. You were? Yeah. Yeah. Notice anything terrible? What? I did Fi- something terrible. Did you run over the fig tree? Oh, no. Why are you telling me now so I, people can hear my legitimately disappointed sounds? Because I'm legitimately disappointed in myself. I'm, I've am i been so protective of that thing. Oh, no. I was taking out the blackberries on the other side of it. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just pushing it back. And I just kind of got really into that. And then suddenly I heard this. Oh, it was the fence that was around it. Oh, crap. Like Because I just kind of I inched my way in. It took me like. 15 minutes to get to that spot, like going really slow. Like, cause I was just kind of in and out in and out. Mm. Uh, lots of, I, I was thinking even like, Oh man, I'm probably getting tractor treads in the yard where I don't want them. Next time I'm mowing here, I'm probably going to be kind of mad and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh yeah. Next time I'm mowing here, I'll remember why I don't take the tractor on here. Isn't because I don't want the treads in. It's because I don't want to hit the tiny tree that I am putting so much love into. Is it done? No, I think it'll be fine think yeah well i mean it wants to live that's what we always say right yeah just don't 
pull it out. Just don't decide to so, give up so on it. I guess, okay, luckily, like most of it was that the, that dead stick that was coming up that I kept thinking I should trim off anyway. Uh-huh, because the really, the new green stuff was down more was towards down the low. base. It damaged some of the leaves, but the core of it is like fine. Okay. If it doesn't do well, it's because it's so depressed that it's person has put so much love into it just 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 did that to it it just did that like it was nothing okay well maybe in 10 years from now we'll just laugh at this moment because we're just as we eat figs as we're like god there's too many figs i'm just like chucking them into the woods we just compost them this year we can't keep up Uh, i'm sick of figs (laughs) and our uh older kid's gonna just ask us to make fig newtons again yeah. Is that where Fig Newtons come from? I'm like, well, not from a tree. From the bark. It comes from a factory. You just chew on the bark. <laughs> just chew on the bark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't notice it because I was with the little fella, and he's always off kind of quickly. And next thing you know, I looked over, and he was all the way back to the house climbing up onto the porch. And the porch is really hot, and he didn't have any shoes on. So I was like, oh, time to go. Yeah. So I need, I need to be out there with either with the older kid to help wrangle him so I can get as many of those cherries off. I'm going to just pit them and put them in the freezer and mark the weight on the bags because then when it cools down later, I can make something with them. I could do pie filling again or I could do something else. I think we only have, yeah, we only have four quarts of the pie filling left. So we did, we used that pretty good. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that again because that is a nice handy thing. You know, if you, if you know canning, which is another one of the workshops I want to get into, if you don't know canning, making pie filling is a really cool way to... Make all your desserts special all year, but also make them really convenient. Mm -hmm. So like pie filling, like you can buy a can of pie filling from the store. And it's garbage. And it's garbage corn syrup stuff. But you can make it from scratch with fruit you find or from your yard or that you get on sale. And then you know what's in it. And then it's also already cooked and thickened and sweetened. And it's in this can and you just dump it out. All it has to do is get up to temp to be a pie. Yeah. So you can, you can you can even just eat that. Sure, you could eat it. You could put it on ice cream. You could sure. heat it up in a in a microwave if you are a weirdo and want to do that. Yeah, but yeah. really, you can make a pie crust or even buy a store bought pie crust and dump it in there and bake that until it bubbles and it's golden. And then you have a pie. Yeah. Or you can dump that. My favorite because I prefer not to do the crust because I it takes too much work. It's just to dump that into a like a buttered a casserole dish and then put like crumble like uh, oats and a little bit of flour and some butter and sugar and yeah. make a crumble topping and then you have cherry crumble or apple crumble or whatever i'll take that any day over a pie also cro- I, cobbler. I used to say i was <coughs> i was a pie guy yeah like if people ask like what kind of cake do you want for your birthday i'd always say i'd prefer a pie yeah um i'm a fruit pie guy um but now as i'm i'm getting older my tastes are a little more refined i'm a cobblerman cobblerman <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, You're I prefer, a crumbleman. Uh, yeah, a crumble or a cobbler. A crisp. That? Yeah, cri- crisp. That sounds good. I'm not. I'm not sure the difference between. I think a crumble and a crisp is pretty much the I'm same. I'm really thing. not too picky as far as it goes, yeah. but like, you know, cherry, strawberry, rhubarb, uh, blackberry, all those things, marionberry, that kind of a a, a, a fruit filling type stuff mm-hmm. with with something crunchy like crispy oats on top with not very not much sweet added in that part either i think i liked pie better when i was a kid because people made it better not 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 you, you I, make, I don't you make a fine pie, I, it's I good guess. but it just it's just too much work but like uh like my grandma's pies the crust was always like i don't know almost burnt or uh-huh. something like really 
uh, crispy. Uh-huh. And, um, like, certainly, like, store-bought pie. Like, I almost feel like the store-bought pie, like, they don't tell you this, but you're supposed to take it home and bake it or like something. Like, the, the bottom layer of crust from a store-bought pie always feels raw to me. Yeah, it's, like, raw. And, like, the like the, the crust around the outside is, um, it's, like, soft, kind of. You know, like... I, don't well, know. I think it's just because you baked it and cooled it and then put it in a container. Like anytime yeah. you cover something, you trap moisture inside so that it starts to become soggy. Uh-huh. So like that's why a pro tip, if you get chicken strips from the deli, open your bag in the car, you dingus, so that it lets oh, out the steam and keep them crispy Wait, until you get home. <laughs> you know, way, I don't know why I'm going here, but there's that <laughs> restaurant, that little tiny restaurant that I won't say the name of because they're fucking goddamn evil fucks in the in the age of covid mm-hmm. but they they make um uh eggs benedict on a Ugh, waffle yes oh my god it's so good and they put that on top of a uh they put the a layer of uh like home fried potatoes on yeah the plate. yeah and then they put the waffle on top of that and then they put the the egg and the hollandaise on top of that and um it's so perfect because you you don't have to like the whole waffle stays crispy except where that egg is right. except where the stuff on the top is but the whole bottom so you, all the way through you're getting like really crunchy it's crispy like, bites it's like bites. putting the waffle onto uh, like a, a cooling rack of potatoes yeah of <laughs> potatoes and the potatoes were were always like kind of uh, like delicate skinned, like yeah. red potatoes they were or something young, like red or Yukon gold to- potatoes that are like quartered. Yeah. They were good. And tossed in, in a I delicious herb blend. Yeah. Like some paprika and something. Those were really good. Yeah. Remember how good that was back when that restaurant still existed? Yeah. Before they said that you had to show them passports to get in. Yeah. Even though that it's not a thing you have to do. Yeah. What a bunch of losers. Yeah. Fuck them. But uh, it also reminds me of the Iron Skillet, which probably don't ask for passports if we they're know, still we open. We haven't been out that way in so long, but there is no way they played that game. The Iron Skillet in Cedro Woolly, Washington. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. They have a sign on the freeway that says, good food, lousy service. The first time I ever went there was like 2003, uh-huh. maybe 2004. And I walked in and there was the biggest fucking photograph of... George W. Bush <laughs> framed like in the entryway. <laughs> yeah. And it was just it was just him like with his with his dopey smile, like, you know, maybe pointing. No, he wouldn't have been. It wasn't quite that. But yeah, and there was like American flag stuff everywhere. And I just thought, I think this is gonna be pretty sweet. And they had a trick like that too. Remember their uh, country fried steak. That's why. That's why I brought them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They threw their gravy down. The gravy on the plate and the steak on top of the gravy. Instead of pouring the gravy over the steak, and then you think, why is it like that? Doesn't look as pretty. And then you say, oh shit, because that that country fried steak gets soggy on the bottom when it touches the plate because the steam gets trapped in, and then the top gets soggy because the gravy's on it. But if the gravy's on the bottom, then the top stays crispy. And I kind of want to try going there again except all the food's poison oh it's probably so gross now that we have a different palate you know like because we haven't been there since we've had kids even i don't know yeah no we've never been there with kids yeah so that means we haven't been there in like nine years yeah and it was like hungover food for us we'd be like let's take a long drive and you know talk or listen or we'd go camping down that way yeah and then hit that up on the way back or hit that up on the way back from seattle or whatever yeah yeah number because it's out of the way for us it's not like it's like a what 30 minute drive or something Yeah, maybe 45 yeah but i thought that was super smart and you could get it with um french fries instead of hash browns which is pretty sweet 
But oh yeah, yeah. That that's not my favorite breakfast food, but it it's it's legendary at a different breakfast place when we were hungover. We went out and you got, oh, yeah. there was like two sizes of chicken fried steak and you got like the large one. The big one. And oh, I, it was like a special. Yeah. It was, it was like, like a they, special. Instead of their regular one, instead of like the regular, you know, four ounce one, it was like a 12 ounce It was one. really big. It was big. like the size was, of the plate yeah. kind of a deal. And I think you got like a second plate that came, had the eggs and yeah, whatever it, like, meat on it. Yeah, because it didn't all fit on there. Or no, yeah, not, yeah. wouldn't be meat, but eggs and hash browns. Yeah. yeah. And I got like a veg, vegetarian like hash brown scramble, you know, where they put like cheese and olives and diced tomatoes on top of like a potatoes and I could not eat it because I was so hungover. I like picked at it and then just sat there like with my hand in my head, probably drinking soda or something to just mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then this waitress, she was Russian and she came up and she put her hand on my shoulder so sweet. And she was like, oh, you don't feel good, honey. And then she looks over at Chud and goes, oh, somebody did good. <laughs> and his plate was totally empty. Like it's it was like, like clean. I'm like still wiping up a little gravy <laughs> with some bread or something. And so from then on, it was like, oh, somebody did good yeah. every time we would eat a lot somebody did good in a russian accent is it's a so cute. it's a family meme oh but she was so nice like it felt good to have when she touched my shoulder like she really cared yeah i was like oh they don't make them like they used to she wasn't even old she was just foreign so she was still a good person that place is probably retarded but i i drive by every once in a while and they they did survive yeah they're still they're, there they're still there they got a good location yeah yeah oh so 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 long since we've gone out to breakfast alone can you imagine for one thing there's no place good except that one that i mentioned and um fuck them so yeah uh yeah fuck it going out for breakfast that's kind of it oh yeah and then the place in linden that was so good forever oh but they shut well they 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 sold to somebody else and i don't i mean who knows if they're they they kept that the 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 prize uh on the menu at this dutch place in linden washington was their uh pancoken and this is like this big, weird, thin fried pancake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's next level. We, yeah, like, you can get it plain, which I assume is just a big pancake. Mm-hmm, and the edges but, are and super then, crispy. And it's like it cooked like, in butter. Like fruit or whatever, like a, like a sweet strawberry with yeah. whipped cream or whatever. And I think that just goes on top of it. But what I always got was uh, you can get it with like sausage. And what they would do is they would lay out like medallions of sausage. Yeah, like they'd cut like cuts. a link up into yeah, little cut cut a link round. up and then they stick it all on the grill, like face facing down and up, right? Yeah. And then they'd pour the batter over that and then flip it with that. So it was like a pancake with with a bunch with, of little coins of coins of sausage, sausage throughout That's how it. We would and, say then a, and then a pile of I'd always get scrambled with that. Yeah. Because then they put the scrambled eggs right on top and because the pancoken takes up the whole plate. Like more more plate. than the whole plate hangs and, off the edges. And I would never get that. I would, but I always wanted just like one bite of the crispy edge. Yeah, I could I could sacrifice a bite. <laughs> so you would you would share that. Yeah, that was that was a cool, unique breakfast joint. With every other piece of food that we've talked about in this restaurant section of this, we can do here better with better ingredients. But that pancoken, I don't think we could do that here. I should look into that and see what what's special about it. I know the history of it. They I, used colostrum. Colostrum is 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 a which huge is, secret. Which to is it. first milk after a cow calves. Yeah. Yeah. But what I really guarantee you is the real deal. Like you wouldn't even need to make pancoken per se. It's the griddle. It's that griddle that was in that place that was 
50, 60 years old. And it was just super hot, and they would put a bunch of butter on it, and it's what made it crispy and cook quick. And we could probably, you know, set up a griddle, make it make a really good pancoken or yeah. pancoken clone lookalike, whatever, taste alike. But it would never be that. That yeah. was that was no. special to that. Group. I know, yeah, I know my limits, and instead, <coughs> if I want to do something cool like that, we I just do a Dutch baby in the iron skillet in the Which oven. Which is pretty darn good. Yeah, it's really good, and I, I, our our kid calls it a savory baby because I he has to distinguish if I'm gonna let him put maple like syrup on it or oh, not. Sure. <laughs> and I, so what I do is I just put black pepper in the batter, mm-hmm. and then I tell him it's a savory baby, and he's like, oh, it's so good, and he doesn't want to put. <laughs> maple syrup on it. Go. So he just puts butter on it then. And I use, like, I do it with sourdough too. This so was like a long fermented batter and then butter on it. It's good. I don't really like sweet stuff with my breakfast. No. I never have. No, it's, I've, I did when I was a kid, I always wanted a cinnamon roll for breakfast. Uh-huh. Um, there was a restaurant that's not around here that me and my dad would go to when we go hiking oh yeah out of the mount baker highway yeah uh gosh i can't even remember i can't remember either um but it was like way out there and it was like we'd and they we, had we'd one of leave those... at five or you know four thirty or five in the morning and we'd get there like you know right as they were opening and yeah they had a cinnamon roll there <laughs> which was bigger than the plate it was yeah. like the size of that pan coke that we were just talking yeah. about but it was a cinnamon roll and i would see that on other people's stuff and i wanted it so bad so you're not going to eat that and then go hiking, though. <laughs> I did. Eventually, I I talked him into letting me get that. Did you get where you sick? I did not. I don't think we finished whatever we were doing that day. Yeah. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was like I, I I realized, you know, oh, yeah, maybe maybe an icky, gooey, icky, that's not the right word. Sticky. Sticky. Sticky, sticky gooey. <laughs> uh, sticky, gooey cinnamon, cinnamon roll, roll that's like, you know. Four inches tall and twelve inches wide. Diameter, yeah. <laughs> it's like not not the thing to do when it's you're gonna not, go you exert yourself. Carbo load, carbo load for your hike. I think that is carbo loading. <laughs> That's carbo loading. <laughs> so I think, um, I yeah, I think that sweet breakfast foods are just tricking you to thinking you're supposed to eat them early, and really, it's just made for stoners to eat in the evening. Now that I'm cool with. Yeah. Like, like getting I, a big ass cinnamon roll when you're stoned. I bet <laughs> like, one of those like, like with, with strawberries and whipped cream. I would probably I'm be pretty good. At nine o'clock at night would probably be like the bombest shit. But they close at like noon. Yeah. Like, they were just a breakfast joint. They're wholesome, uh, yeah. you know, Dutch. There were uh, places I felt bad going in there as hungover as they did a few times. <laughs> I know. Like I, I knew that they weren't cool. We were degenerates. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and you didn't look like farmy. You didn't have your overalls. I was then it was wearing like a Pantera shirt. <laughs> you never wore a Pantera shirt since I've known you, but you definitely would have had a horror movie shirt. Like the one with the girl with the like knife through their mouth or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where it's just, what, what one was that? What's uh, that was magazine? For, for, uh, ultra violent magazine. Oh, yeah. The yeah. picture is from uh house by the cemetery. Yeah. So, I mean, the reasons, one of the reasons we got along when we first met, but then still like as, as time goes by, I'm like, should we be wearing that at this restaurant today? Cause uh, these really nice Christian like moms and like some of them were really nice and other ones were like the, the, uh, what's, um, not what's, uh, Reverend Lovejoy's a wife's name on the Simpsons. On the Simpson. Uh, she's where she's just like knows up to everything gossiping to everyone yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like there's yeah. that that kind of a waitress there too and i didn't like it uh-huh. yeah judging judging watching 
So we have talked about a lot of things. In this yeah, episode. this has been kind of long for just a uh, no just, guest episode. I'd just like to, to, to bullshit a little bit with you, like old times. Yeah. It was nice. Um, yeah, lots going on. There's one more thing I wanted to do, though, before we go, if I can get back in here. I want to Oh, read. you're going to have to hit the... Can you do that? Yeah. Um, there's uh, there's two new reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we have uh, from, it says from Monday, whatever that means. Today's Monday. Um, five stars ha- titled, How to Live Intentionally. These two offer a fine example on what a marriage can be, what intentional living is, how to be open-minded, and how to raise a child who will not only, who who not only won't live in your basement, but will be able to think for themselves. They are wise beyond their years. I truly enjoy each and every episode and this beautiful couple publish. I hope they never stop sharing their thoughts, secrets, and life lessons. Well, that's nice. That's really S Zelnick. I think. So we didn't read that last time. We did not. You read read that that to me sometime during the week. Yeah. Uh, cause I remember I commented like, that's, it's very nice. Very thank, thank you for that review. Um, but, uh, when I heard, uh, uh, raising children who won't come to live in your basement, uh, I, for the record, I hope my sons want to <laughs> live in the basement or maybe not specifically the basement, but, um, in the home, you know, like I get, I get the sentiment. Like I fully understand what you're saying. Like you're not going to raise we're not going to raise boys who won't be capable to fend for themselves. Yeah. Or that would be freeloaders. But my worst fear at this point in time as a parent is that my kids are going to grow up and want to go explore the world. like, (laughs) Or that they're going to want to move to a city. Actually, I'm not feeling quite as much that way as I did a year ago. Uh But in, in, you know, a year ago I was going, you know, because honestly the first many years until until covid hit until 2020 like i had these like you know like if you asked me like what i'd like to see my son do in the future it would be things like yeah i hope that he gets to be you know around 18 and he wants to go and go into big cities and explore the world and that he'll go out and do a bunch of stuff for however many years like maybe 10 years and then he'll return back and will be like the, the greatest of friends and the, and, and, you know, be, be close family again. But now for a year ago, I was going, no, I don't want that. I want them to never, ever, ever leave our property. And, I know. You know uh, and it's like, for me, it's like, I want him to, to live in our basement, but I want him to like remodel it and make it real nice and use his own money to do it because he's working at a job. Yeah. And still let me podcast down here. <laughs> Yeah. Or I like, I, I want, I want our kids to stick around and we have enough space that they can be here. But the point of this, which I can tell is not just be, don't raise somebody who's just a freeloader and can't do yes. shit on their own. And then they can think for themselves and that make, made me feel really good. But for me, when I first saw this, um, I saw the part, these two offer a fine example on what marriage can be. And I oftentimes have what I've come to realize people refer to as imposter syndrome, where you sometimes can feel like you're faking it in your own life or your successes oh, are exaggerated, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like you when we were talking about this. Oh, okay. And so when I, when I I'm heard saying, that on like, that podcast, we did unplugged <laughs> yeah. the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, I'm, we're homesteading, we have chickens and meat birds and a garden and people, and I'm 
preserving food and people are like, wow, you're doing so great. And I'm like, oh, we're not doing enough. You know, yeah. like I could be doing more. I should be, we should have cows. We yeah. should have pigs, yeah. whatever. The barn should be fixed. Um, when I saw that we were a fine example of what a marriage can be, I was like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have that feeling of we were faking it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that felt really good. I was like, we do. We don't talk to each other any differently when we're sitting in this basement in front of this microphone, then we do when we're having conversations without it turned on. And that feels really good. That's very right. Because we're nice to each other like all the time mm-hmm. and it's consensual. Mostly. <laughs> well, not the sex, but <laughs> just kidding. I don't care as long as I get mine. <laughs> God, that's horrible. Okay. We ruined that one. That person's never going to listen to us again. Um, the next part was uh, we got another one. That's uh, from Barons 44 and it says, great show, five stars. Lanny and Chud are having interesting and important conversations in these wild times. These provide much needed information on family, natural living, and so much more. If you want to gain knowledge and laugh a little, give this show a listen and broaden your horizons. Thank you guys. And then the little prayer hands emoji. Oh, that's nice. Which is super nice. Thank you so much. Yeah. I like hearing that um, you think people would laugh a little and it's not just us laughing because I've, I've questioned <laughs> that sometimes. Like sometimes our jokes I feel like are inside jokes and I don't know if people would know that they should laugh. Well, they, they felt that way until they heard me say that thing about taking the chickens out to the farm today. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, this isn't funny anymore. That's <laughs> not funny. I want to go home. Oh. This is dumb. <laughs> So I just really wanted to thank any, ever, all of you who have left us reviews. It feels really good to hear your feedback and know people are out there listening. Um, and if if you've left us a review on a different podcatcher, I don't know how to look at any other thing. So you could send it to me and, I, and I'd love to read it on an episode too. Sure. Or send me a link to, to which one you would have left it on. Um, that would be awesome. So thanks yeah. everybody for listening and for leaving your feedback and for coming to the workshops and... All of that other stuff. Yeah. So um, that's it for now. Um, we will uh, see you next week. Peace be with you.